What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, the Super Bowl special. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. All right, we are finally here. Super Bowl just a couple days away. We are recording the Super Bowl special on Wednesday the 29th. It's about noon Eastern time right now. And today's show is going to be loaded. We're going to have three different interviews, some sports bettors, some non-sports bettors, because let's face it, it's good to get the insight from people in the industry, but it's also just as good to see what those who think or, or what people think who are outside the industry. You know, what are the, the sports fans think? Is it different than how you guys have been capping games or, or looking at uh, the Super Bowl up to this point so far? So what we're going to do today, take a uh, comprehensive look at the game, get you guys uh, my thoughts on the spread, the total, and of course, we're going to save some of those fun prop bets for uh, the end of the show as well. Special thanks to TopNotchOdds.com, one of the best online sports books available. Uh, put in promo code SHARPEDGE when you're signing up. That's going to get you up to a 200% bonus that you can use over and over and over. By the way, if you use those bonuses, the rollovers on those are the best in the industry. 10 times rollover with a 200% deposit bonus when you put in promo code SHARPEDGE. Online, topnotchodds.com, promo code SHARPEDGE. All right, so, so far on the game, as we sit, again, noon Eastern on the 29th, Roughly $650,000 have been bet on the game. Now, that's a small, small number from what we're going to end up with. The reason it's so uh, limited right now, well, a couple reasons. First of all, these are only the reported numbers from Las Vegas and about three or four different websites. So this is an accounting for all, of course, obviously, the illegal activity going on out there. This is an accounting for some online sports books. So... M- I'd say actually most online sports books this this is not accounting for. So there's a lot of money out there still that's being bet on this game that hasn't been reported. But of the Las Vegas books, of the books uh, across the uh, country who've reported, and a a couple select online sports books, $650,000 have been bet on the game so far. The limits are low right now. So the closer we get to Super Bowl Sunday, the more you can bet on these games. There's tiers. The limits will go up on Thursday, tomorrow. They'll go up again on Saturday, and then they'll go up for the final time on game day. Now, if you live in Las Vegas or you live in New Jersey or maybe a couple other scattered places across the country and you're close to to some prominent sports books, whether it's a FanDuel, uh, a DraftKings, maybe a Caesars sports book, maybe they will open their limits up completely on Saturday. I know that most uh, places in Vegas should be full limit by Saturday night at least. So... I just want to put that out there that, you know, don't hold my feet to the fire if you're saying, well, Tyler, I can get my my two million bet down on Saturday night. Yeah, most places you actually can, but in select areas around the country and online, they open it up once again on game day. So, so far of the $650,000 bet on the game, there's been essentially the same amount of cash and the same percentage of tickets being bet. And we don't often see this. This is what we talk about on the show a lot, guys. Pros versus Joes. The way you can tell pros versus Joes is when there's a lot of tickets coming in on one team, but there's a lot of money coming in on the other team. You know, when you see something like 80% of tickets are on team A, but 80% of the money is on team B, that means everyone going to the window making the really expensive $500,000 bets, they're betting for team B, right? They, those guys know what they're doing. All the guys going up betting 20 bucks on team A, that's how you get the accumulation of tickets. What we're seeing this Super Bowl is a 
very equal distribution, cash and tickets. Uh, and that goes for the over-under as well, but we'll get there. So right now, of the for, for the spread, uh, Kansas City minus one and a half point favorites as we sit today on the 29th. It's essentially been the same split in money. Right now, looking at the uh, exact figures, we have 54% of the cash is on Kansas City and 55% of the tickets are on Kansas City. Uh, so on the inverse, it's always going to be the inverse. So if it's 54% of the cash is on Kansas City, that means 46% of the cash is on San Francisco. 55% of the tickets are on KC. That means 45% of the tickets are on San Fran. What's interesting here is that weighing, or uh, the closer we get to zero, it, it doesn't seem to have an impact on people betting on Kansas City. People are betting more on Kansas City, heavier, more percentage, as we get closer to zero, as it's less favorable for Kansas City. But I think the reason that that is, these are a bunch of dead numbers. I mean, once you get to three, that's a very, very key number. Anything up to two and a half is looked at in football as a dead number. That's not that's not saying we're not going to get a 28-26, 28-27 game, and that these little half points aren't going to come into play. But in general in football, once you get past two and a half to three, that's massively more important than anything up to two and a half. So if you're favored by a half, one, one and a half, two, or two and a half, those five increments past zero, those really shouldn't have much of a, a, a factor in betting this game. And that's why I've said from the get-go, there's no rush to bet this game unless you're looking to maybe tease and, and we'll we'll get there in just a second. But there's no reason to, to, to bet any sides here. I mean, whether you're getting one or one and a half or two for Kansas City or plus one, plus one and a half, plus two for San Francisco really honestly shouldn't make that big of a difference, especially with the volatility of this game. Now, the line of one and a half brings a lot of difficulties because, like I said, the teaser options are, are, are going to be presented for the, pro, for the professionals. Well, and for everybody, I should say. And here's the thing. When you get a line of one and a half and you can tease the, the, the underdog from plus one and a half to plus seven and a half, that's obviously a six-point teaser. Six-point teasers are great. I mean, once you go to six and a half, seven, different websites, different books are going to start just fucking you over on the VIG. And some, I mean, some places charge a healthy, fair 115 for minus six and a half. You're not going to find that most places. Most places for six and a half, you're going to get minus 120, maybe even minus 130. So it gets expensive the more you're buying these half points. So if you can get that, 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 uh, uh, Teaser locked in from one and a half to seven and a half. There's a lot of pros who got that number. And uh, I mean, I recommend doing that if you're looking for a tease option. Now, I don't really love either the over under in this game for the teaser or I mean, just for the pure number. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys why here in just a minute. But my, my point there is I wouldn't recommend necessarily teasing the over under with the total because that's what a lot of you guys like to do. I would recommend doing a cross-sport teaser. Find a basketball game you like. Tease four points in a basketball game with six points in this football game. You can do that on almost every website. Even some books now in person are letting you do cross-sport teasers. So that's what I'd recommend. Find a good basketball game you like. Pair it with this. There's a ton of college basketball, NBA going on the next couple days. So that's what I think you should do. Uh, grab a couple games you like, a couple NBA games, a couple basketball games, and tease them seven and a half with, with uh, San Fran if you like San Francisco teaser option, right? This is, I don't think it's the best bet or anything, but this is just my recommendation if you're looking to tease San Fran in the first place. Uh, and that way you're sitting game day. If those those uh, are, those basketball games have already completed and, and uh, won, then now you have a minus 110 bet for San Fran plus 7.5. So the closer we get to zero, 
the more you see the books are going to be afraid. And the reason is, let's say a ton of money came in on uh, Kansas City, okay? And it just keeps pouring in, or excuse me, on San Francisco. And the money just keeps pouring in San Fran, pouring in San Fran, more and more money on San Francisco. And the line were to hypothetically move all the way to San Francisco minus one and a half. That would be the professional's dream to where you could find a way to tease each team up to plus seven and a half. I mean, seven and a half is the most key, most important, most crucial teaser in football, going from one and a half to seven and a half. You're moving through both three and seven. It's a maximum advantage teaser. To get San Francisco and Kansas City, both plus seven and a half would be I mean, that, that, that's just a dream investment opportunity for anyone betting. So the books are going to do everything they can to avoid that from happening. So what we may see as we get closer to the game late Saturday on Sunday is see some weird, funky things going on with what they're charging for the VIG. We may see, like, Kansas City uh, uh, minus one at plus 120, San Francisco plus one at minus one. 50 or minus 155 or something weird like that, you know, where they're so afraid to go even approach the zero or even pass a zero. So uh, it's interesting. This line presents the teaser options with a lot of different uh, investment opportunities. It presents the books with a lot of problems. So this one and a half is a very interesting spread. There's a lot that you can certainly do with it. And while we're talking about teasers and ways to approach this game, I'm just going to give out one of my uh, parlay options right now because I'm going to save my favorite bets for, for here in a little bit. But I like a correlated parlay this game. If you guys want to parlay something, I do believe that if Kansas City wins, more times than not, the over will cover. Therefore, it's a correlated parlay, Kansas City and the over. They're correlated. Now, I'm not saying that Kansas City is going to win. I'm not saying the over is going to cover. What I'm saying is that more times than not, more than 51% of the time, when Kansas City wins, there will be a correlation in more points scored. And we'll talk about why that's going to happen as we break this game down. Uh, before we get into each team specifically in the breakdown, I do want to go over the over-unders real quick. We went over the total money right now for the cash and tickets. On the over-under, uh, there has been $240,000 uh, $240, bet right now on the over-under. And again, it's pretty close percentage tickets to actual dollar amount. 80% of the tickets coming in are on the over. 83% of the cash is on the over. So everybody betting the over, roughly 200000 of the $240,000 bet have been on the over so far. It opened up 50 and a half. It is now 54.5. The reason why I'm not looking to bet the over-under in this game, or the reason I'm not looking to bet the over-under with a teaser in this game, is because I believe this matchup, Kansas City-San Francisco, has a built-in volatility that is so... It's it's very... Uh, 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 I mean, I guess that's just a way to say it. It's, it's the, the pattern of distribution that I believe we get for this game is very volatile. I could see a lot of different outcomes here. I could see Kansas City winning... You know, 51 to 20. I could see Kansas City winning 51-48. I could see Kansas City winning... 17-14. I could see San Francisco keeping up in a blowout. See, there's a lot of different ways I could see this game going. I mean, the Super Bowl is weird because you, you get a lot of people who haven't played in this game before. I, I heard a great interview earlier this week. I think it was Andrew Whitworth on uh, the uh, uh, Colin Cowherd of uh, Fox Sports Radio. He said he couldn't remember the entire first quarter of the game, of the Super Bowl. 
you know, some people are some guys just go out there and it's it's a huge stage. I mean, the NFL is a big deal, but many players have not been here before. So that's why you get the habitual, typical slow start, slow first quarter, slow first half in the Super Bowl. But then you, you, you contradict that with the fact that these two teams are very offensively oriented, even though they do it different ways. Kansas City's going to throw, San Fran's going to run. Both head coaches extremely innovative. So I just see a clash here of, of information. When you're looking at how this game's going to unfold, when I bet over-unders, I like to look at the flow of the game. What's the flow going to look like, right? I can't go to good reading here. I could easily see... You know, both teams making some mistakes. Maybe both quarterbacks having an interception early on. A low-scoring first quarter, getting off to a slow start. That will greatly impact the over/under. So I'm not going to give out any bets on the over/under teasers or uh, the straight number. That's just how I feel right now about this game. Way too volatile for me to play the over/under. All right. So what I want to do right now is go through each team's season. We're going to break up Kansas City's season, break up San Francisco's season, four games at a time kind of four game chunks. Let's start off with Kansas City. Kansas City this year went 12 and 4 overall. They of course won the AFC West and against the spread 10, 5 and 1 this year. Started off the year 3 out of 4 games on the road. They played at Jacksonville, at Oakland, home against Baltimore and at Detroit. Won all four games. A pretty healthy margin. The closest game was Baltimore by 5 points, 33-28. Excuse me, uh, Detroit they only won 34-30 as well on the road. But either way, opened up 4-0 to start the year. Then as we got into the next four games for Kansas City, things started to fall apart. They lost three of their next four games. And I know we're going in four-game chunks, but actually if you extrapolate it, they lost four of their next five games during the season. But let's focus on on the uh, four-game stretch here. Home against Indy, lost 19-13. Home against Houston, lost 31-24. On the road at Denver, that's their only win, 30-6. Back home against Green Bay, loss, 31-24. Now, what started happening here at the midway point in the season is Kansas City started to get banged up. I mean, they had a lot of injuries that were cluster injuries on the lines, uh, keep uh, you know uh, guys on the outside. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> was hurt for a couple weeks. In weeks 7 and 8, Mahomes didn't play. Matt Moore was playing for Kansas City. Remember that. Against Green Bay, that 31-24 game, 31-24, by the way, against Green Bay, Matt Moore was playing quarterback. So Kansas City hit that rough patch in that second four-game stretch of the season, which was October, pretty much throughout the month of October, and they weren't playing very good football. But that doesn't matter. I mean, how often in the past have you seen teams like the New England Patriots play bad the first half of the season and then start to put things together when it matters most? And I think that is what matters most. Moving on to the next four games, and actually I misspoke earlier when I said they lost a cumulative of four out of five. That was incorrect. They did lose three out of four. Uh, The next game on the schedule, November 3rd, which would be the ninth game overall, was a win against Minnesota. So the next four games, uh, Minnesota at home, at Tennessee, Los Angeles Chargers at home, and Oakland Raiders at home. They went three three and one in that stretch. The only loss came on the road at Tennessee, a loss they avenged later on in the year. All right, the last four games of the season at New England, home against Denver, at Chicago, home against the LA Chargers. Those were four wins. Uh, I think the most, obviously the key win there was going on the road to New England. 
because the Patriots crumbled at the end of the year and allowed Kansas City to have that home field advantage. That was a very big game. Mahomes threw for 283 that game. It was outside, cold weather. I mean, that was a playoff atmosphere game. Big win for Kansas City on December 8th. Uh, like I said, end of the year 4-0. and So they had things locked up. You look at this 12-4, and it's not a phony 12-4 and record. They had a tough schedule, um, actually well above average if you look at DVOA, and a very good year for the Saints, or for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. 10-5-1, again, against the spread. And, of course, in the playoffs, they beat uh, the Tennessee uh, Titans in the uh, conference championships last week, 35-24, and the week before that, took down Houston 51-31 in the divisional round. All right, so that does it for the Kansas City season. Let's move over to San Francisco, who went 13-3 on the year. They, of course, won the NFC West, and they went 9-6-1 against the spread. Same thing we did with Kansas City, breaking the season into four games apiece. First four games of the year, San Fran opened 4-0, and and they really didn't make too much noise. Because, look, Kansas, or, uh, San Francisco was a bad team last year. No, Not a lot of people thought that they would just open things up with Jimmy G and be a Super Bowl contender. A lot of people thought they'd be good, not this good. And the first two wins at Tampa, at Cincy, okay, good wins, but they weren't really turning heads yet. It was the next game where they went on the road, beat Pittsburgh 24-0. People started, or excuse me, 24-20. People started to kind of notice. Then the next week, they go on the road and beat Cleveland 31-3. Uh, so at this point in the year, they're, they're 4-0. They just beat a high-profile Cleveland team 31-3. People are kind of starting to notice how good San Francisco is. The next four-game stretch, where it really got tough in terms of the schedule, they went 4-0. They won 20-7 on the road against the L.A. Rams. They won 51-13 against the Carolina Panthers. And then went on the road and beat a a division rival 28-25 in the Arizona Cardinals. Next four games for San Francisco, home against Seattle, home against Arizona, home against Green Bay, on the road against Baltimore. They went 2-2 two and two in this stretch. And I want to point something out. This is where I note a turning point in the year for San Francisco. The first part of the season, they were just beating the hell out of teams. I mean, surprising teams, schematically. It, it, was, it was really great. It was, it was, I loved watching San Fran early in the year. As things developed, and as they put more and more on tape, you could see they started to struggle. They lost to Seattle in, in Week 10. They uh, beat Arizona at home only by 10 points a week after. Then they beat Green Bay 38-7. That, I think, marks the turning point in their season because that was a great game. Jimmy Garoppolo had a, a very good game on the uh, uh, against uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, again, it was in San Francisco, but still. That's how they ended November, 38-7. And since the start of December... I do believe that San Fran's been a, a much different team. So now let's look at the... I know I've kind of abandoned the whole four games. That four-game stretch again, lost to Seattle, went against Arizona, went against Green Bay, lost against Baltimore. The last four games of the season, they did go 3-1. and one. Win on the road at New Orleans, 48-46. That's concerning for a defense that everyone said has been the backbone of this team. So great, that's defense. You know, look at them DVOA, look what they're ranked. Giving up 46, concerning. Then they lose to the Atlanta Falcons, 29-22. Then they host the L.A. Rams. Escape with a 34-31 win. L.A. probably should have won that game. And then their last game of the season, San Francisco again escaped with a narrow win on the road, 26-21 at Seattle. 
So while they're winning games, I think things have certainly changed for the San Francisco 49ers since that Green Bay game. Okay, They looked much more dominant early in the year. We get to week 12, and suddenly they've looked much more pedestrian. Jimmy G's cooled off. He's thrown the ball 14 times in the last six quarters. I'll repeat that. Jimmy G has thrown the football 14 times in the last six quarters. I mean, I think that... there's the argument that hey, if it's if it's if the running game's working, go with it. But you don't want your quarterback to be so cold, so not in rhythm going into the biggest game of the year, biggest game of his life, where nerves will certainly play a part. So, look, I, like I said, if the run's working, go with it. But Jimmy Garoppolo looked. Oh, he's there's there's been games where he's looked good at New Orleans. Game we just talked about. Uh, Jimmy G outdueled Drew Brees, high-scoring game. He threw the ball. He went 26-35, uh, to 35, 350 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. But there's a key difference between San Francisco is capable of throwing it or San Francisco can throw it at will. This leads me into one of the key elements in the game. When you look at the four groups, right, Kansas City's offense, defense, and then San Francisco's offense and defense, I think the one thing that we know right now, or at least the one thing that we can bet on happening, the, mo- or the one thing that can be the most likely of these four groups is that Kansas City's offense will perform, right? I think that that's the one thing that we would all agree on. Kansas City's offense is probably, probably, I want to be careful there because nothing's guaranteed, but probably the most likely outcome is that we see Kansas City's offense produce here. That's the one thing we pretty much know. What we don't know, How will Kansas City's defense show up? Their rushing defense, their passing defense, right? What is San Francisco's running game going to look like? Will San Francisco surprise a lot of us and put Jimmy G on spotlight? Here's what I think we see this game. I believe Kansas City will get their yards and get their points, but it may not be the prettiest thing ever. It may be similar to the last two weeks of football, where Kansas City's defense where we'll get off to a slow start, give some points up, and their offense may have to get them back in it. You know, I mean, Kansas City's not looked like great start to finish the last couple games. But I do believe that their offense will score points in the Super Bowl. I think their defense is going to go all out to try and stop San Francisco's running attack. The question is, can they? And that, that's the big question of the day. If you guys can answer that one, let me know. Because that's going to change the entire game if they do. San Francisco... San Francisco has a lethal running attack. We know this, okay? The great offensive line, one of the best outside zone running schemes in football. Their line, as I just said, is great. They do have an injury to their center, but guess who their backup center is? Is the, He's uh, actually name slipping my mind off the top of my head, but he used to be the center at Air Force. Very good run blocker, susceptible in the pass, just like the rest of this offense in general. Outside run heavy. They can do it. They're a good running team. I get it. But I think Kansas City can mitigate it, especially early on. And here's the thing. If Kansas City can mitigate it early on and force San Francisco into these third and long situations, third and uncomfortable, obvious passing downs, it's going to make it so much harder for Jimmy Garoppolo to do what he's really done best and really done well all season long. And it's going to second make, I think it's also going to make Kyle Shanahan panic a little bit because we've seen that before. He's a young coach. He hasn't been here before. I believe Kyle Shanahan is next wave of coaches. He's innovative. He's brilliant. He's creative. But he hasn't been there before. And in life, experience matters. I don't care 
how much you know. I don't care how many times you've been there before. Experience has a huge factor in everything in life. So you're telling me your first game in the Super Bowl when Kyle Shanahan hasn't been there, but well, as a head coach before, I think we could see some of this play out. And by let, let, let's rewind a little bit. Last time we did see Kyle Shanahan here, uh, a little bit of panic, right? Up 28-3 in the Super Bowl against New England. A lot of people say, a lot of important people who know what they're talking about say, a big reason they lost that lead was because they kept throwing. It was stubborn. It may have been a product of the moment. The moment just too big at that point for Kyle Shanahan. Earlier this year, just a couple weeks ago, when Jimmy G looked very uneasy against the Vikings through that bad interception to end the first half. That's when Kyle Shanahan kind of panicked. Pushed the panic button. Completely changed the game plan. All right, we're not throwing it anymore. We're going to run it, get to the Super Bowl, do what we can do once we get there. So if you're asking me coaching, Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan, massive advantage for Andy Reid. He's been there before. He has the experience. I don't think the moment is ever going to be too big for the head coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. But back to my point. I think if Kansas City can stop San Francisco's rushing attack, especially early on, that's going to force the 49ers into third and longs, and that's going to inherently alter the game plan. Kyle Shanahan's going to panic. Oh, no, we're not going to be able to run the football at will. We know who's on the other side. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to get their points. How are we going to keep up? We have to pass. So I could see a panic coming from San Francisco, a change of game plan coming from San Francisco if Kansas City is able to stop that rushing attack early on. And you may ask the question, well, if they do stop the running attack and Jimmy G does throw the football, he's proven to be effective this season against maybe some lower-level defenses. What does Kansas City look like against the pass? Can they stop it? And actually, that falls right into their hands. Kansas City is the number six team in football against the pass, according to DVOA. It's an advanced metric that takes in everything except for just yards or points, so on and so forth. Number six in the NFL, DVOA against the pass. So can they stop the pass once San Francisco inevitably goes to it? The answer is yes. Let's shift over to San Francisco's defense and what they can do. I believe that San Francisco's biggest weapon in this entire game is actually their front four on defense because they can get to the quarterback. Great stat here. I got from uh, one of my uh, my, uh, coworkers. The last five teams to get... 55 sacks or more in a season have gone on to win the Super Bowl. That's a very important stat. It is so crucial to be able to generate pressure without blitzing heavily. We've seen that in big games. We've seen that in Super Bowl in Super Bowls. You got to be able to get to the quarterback without blitzing. So I think that's an X factor in this game. If Mahomes is uncomfortable, if San Francisco is constantly in his face. Things may go wrong for Kansas City. Things may get ugly for Kansas City, okay? So I think you guys can probably tell where I'm leaning here. I'm going to go Chiefs, but let, let, let's understand that this is predicated on the Kansas City Chiefs being able to stop that run early. And if you guys disagree with me, if you're listening and saying, I don't think so, Tyler, I think Kansas City struggles stopping that run, then you would disagree with my analysis, my, my, my handicap. And, and let me tell you something, folks. This has been the Super Bowl that I've struggled with the most in my entire life. I mean, I've never gone back and forth and found this factor that contradicted this factor, which contradicted this factor. But what about this for this team? What about this? These are two fantastic teams. San Francisco is great. As a matter of fact, when I started doing my handicaps and I started kind of diving into this game, I liked San Francisco. 
my heart said Kansas City, but my head said San Francisco's been dominant. They just came out of the NFC. This team is playing well. They they they're they're running the football, which is which is always appealing in the playoffs. There, I mean, how many people? How many times did we say the NFC is so much more dominant than the AFC? And San Fran just zoomed right on through it. But back to my point, if you can get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing, bringing those extra guys, it may be a long day for Kansas City. And this may go go poorly. But I just don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think that Mahomes is going to be that uncomfortable. I don't think this front four is going to be able to alter the game plan of Kansas City that much, even though it is next factor. All right, let's talk about scheme. San Francisco runs the most zone defense in the league. And by far the most zone defense in the league on early downs. On first and second down, there's no one who runs it more 80% of the time. San Francisco is going to line up in the zone on first and second down. I think the next team in the NFL is around 69%. It's almost like it's well over 10% lower. So San Francisco is comfortable in a zone. They want to be in a zone defense. The only issue is... Is Kansas City and Mahomes destroy the zone. They're the most comfortable in the zone defense. So San Francisco is going to have to abandon something they've done well that's worked so well throughout the season. This is the best defense, one of the best defenses Kansas City is going to face, but I guarantee you, this is the best offense San Francisco will face for sure. So San Francisco, Kansas City, Mahomes, they've done very well against the zone. And I do believe that when San Francisco inevitably has to abandon that offensive game plan, it's gonna it's gonna conjunct and it's gonna go right hand in hand. They're gonna have to abandon their their defensive game plan as well because if they want to come out and run a zone, I don't think it's gonna take very long for them to go. Uh, this isn't working. And if they want to come out man to man, I don't know if they have what it takes to keep up on the outside. So I just don't see the matchups defensively working out for San Francisco. That's why I say I believe Kansas City gets their points this game. And let's look at the games where San Francisco abandoned the uh, zone and did go man-heavy and did say, guys, this team's good against the zone. We're going to have to go man-to-man here. There's three games this season that stick out to me where San Francisco did that. Arizona game where they gave up 26 points to an Arizona team. They did that on the road against New Orleans where they gave up 46. And the last time they played the Rams this year, they went man-to-man and they gave up 31 points and almost lost. Things have not gone well. When San Fran has tried to go man-to-man, that's the biggest question. What is San Fran going to do with the guys on the outside? Do they try and go zone, which they're comfortable in, but Kansas City burns? Or do they go man-to-man, which they're not good in, but Kansas City's not good against? Or not as good against, I should say. So it's kind of that pick-your-poison situation on defense with Kansas City. And as I said, the more I look at this game, the more... I think Kansas City has just different options to cover. There's more ways for Kansas City to win this game. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed thing, of course. I'd never come on this show and say that, but San Francisco, and San Francisco's a very good team. Look, I get they're strong. I get they just tore through a great NFC West, or NFC and NFC West, sure. But I like the matchups. I like Kansas City's experience on on the coaching staff. They have more players who have been there. I know Mahomes and Jimmy G... You know, Jimmy G's been there behind Tom Brady. I don't want to hear that. It's so goddamn different when you're actually calling the plays. I promise you guys. I promise. So uh, here's a couple things I've also heard. That Kansas City's had a good amount of luck to get here. Look who lost in the playoffs. New England goes down. Baltimore goes down. Kansas City, easy path to the playoffs. To me, 
what I say to that is, first of all, it's the NFL. There are no easy games, especially in the playoffs. And second of all, so what? You can just play who you can play. I mean, Kansas City, since week... Let me pull it up here. Since week 10, they haven't lost. And that was a loss on the road at Tennessee. Okay? So if you're going to start nitpicking and saying, well, they didn't do this, didn't do this, they haven't lost since November 10th. They've been getting better and better and beating whoever was on their schedule. So I don't like the whole, well, look who they played in the playoffs. So what? It's the NFL. Okay? And think about what we said all year. Again, the NFC's low to the FC's weak. I just I think that may be overdone. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to have Tyler Fessler on here in just a couple minutes, and he's our first interview of three today, and we're going to ask him, does that have an impact? The NFC being loaded this year, the AFC, you know, what does that mean for these teams entering the Super Bowl? But I just don't think it has that much of an impact at all. So let's actually take a quick break right now. Coming up next, uh, Tyler Fessler. He is uh, joining the Woos Media uh, team next year, going to be hosting a new podcast that we will reveal in the upcoming, uh, I don't know, probably upcoming month or two. Stay tuned on Twitter, at Woos Media, and I'm sure we'll let you guys know on this show all about the upcoming uh, podcast set to air in 2020. But like I said, stay tuned. Tyler Fessler coming up next. All right, guys, special thanks to TopNotchOdds.com. On Super Bowl Sunday, if you're looking to get involved, I highly recommend TopNotchOdds.com for all of your betting options. Now, they're going to have your classic bets that we've been talking about on the show before the game, right? You're, you, all, all, all kinds of different bets. I mean, actually, they're going to probably have hundreds of different bets, including the props, which we'll get to on the show. But the great thing about Top Notch Odds is outside the Super Bowl, if you guys like to keep betting, they have so many bets for so many different sports. It's great customer service. You can get your money in easy, get your money out easy, very easy to work with. Highly recommend adding topnotchodds.com to your list of sports books. Put in promo code SHARPEDGE when you're signing up. That's going to let them know you heard about them right here on the Sharp Angle podcast. But that's also going to get you up to a 200% deposit bonus that you, that you can use over and and over and over. Online, topnotchodds.com, promo code SHARPEDGE. All righty, welcome on back. Remember a full breakdown on our favorite props coming up here in just a little bit. All right, as promised, now joining us, Tyler Fessler. He's going to be joining the Woos Media team, hosting a podcast soon to be announced. So uh, follow us online, woosmedia.com, on Twitter, at Woos Media. And, of course, there'll be lots of live announcements on the podcasts. But, uh, Tyler, welcome to the Woos Media family. Give him a follow at GetRolling19. How are we doing today, Tyler? Doing pretty good. Nice and warm down here. Yeah, down here. Let everyone know where down here is. Down here is St. George, Utah, so about an hour and a half away from Vegas. Beautiful, sunny, 60 degrees, so enjoying it. Yeah, uh, I will be in Vegas starting tomorrow, so no better place to be for me than the middle of the Mojave Desert with a nice mojito in my hands. <laughs> so excited for that. But uh, like I said, we're going to have a couple different uh, people on the show today. Some are actual sports bettors, but folks, this is the beautiful thing. Not all great information comes from the same guys regurgitating the same info. Tyler knows a lot about football. We wanted to get him on, get his input on the Super Bowl, which should be a lot of fun. So uh, let's get right into it, Tyler. NFC or AFC, which was the better conference this year, and how will that impact the Super Bowl? So for me, I want to go with the NFC being the better conference. Now I see it. I, I am a college football analyst. I love me the college football. It is the best. 
And I see the NFC as the parity-driven league. This is a league like the Pac-12, where everybody kind of beats up one another. But there, but really, one through ten could be anyone. Any any given Sunday, a team can win. I mean, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, sadly, I'm a Buccaneers fan. They played extremely well, and they competed at high levels. And they weren't even considered in the playoffs. I mean, we were written off in like, you know, first of October. And I think that really shows how strong a league is. Now, how will that impact the Super Bowl? I personally think that uh, it will impact it in a way that you kind of get beat up. That we see the Pac-12, you know, you know, the Air Force, Washington State. You get beat up through the throughout the course of, of the year because you're playing a little bit higher competition, in my opinion, that when you get to the Super Bowl, it's not as pretty. Last year, I think the Rams, we kind of saw this with the Rams. Uh, Gurley was hurt, but he was, you know, throughout the year, they were they kind of got beat up. And when they face, you know, the Patriots, who are able to play, you know, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills, uh, two times a year, each of them, they were a little bit more fresh. They were a little bit more healthy. So in my opinion, I think the NFC is a better conference, but I think it impacts it kind of inversely. It kind of hurts the teams because they're playing harder competition. Give me the player on each team who you think will have the biggest impact. Are you going quarterbacks here, or is it going to be a non-quarterback for each team with the biggest impact? What do you think? So I want to go with two non-quarterbacks. I think number one on the Chiefs is going to be Tyreek Hill. Uh, I like him and his speed. I'm a track guy, and so I, I've known about him and his speed that he has, you know, being on the track team for the United States. I think he's going to be impactful, mainly because if he can get behind that defense and he can burn them and, and Pat Mahomes can get those throws to him, I think it's going to be all over. But the thing is, it's not only just about Tyree Kill. It's about opening up lanes for Travis Kelsey. It's opening up lanes for Sammy Watkins. It's opening up the lanes for Pat Mahomes to run. It opens up so much. If you get one big completion, now you got to respect you know, the track star that he is, the hands that he has. you got to give him a little bit of coverage. You're going to have a safety over top if they're in Tampa too. Those kind of things you're going to, you're going to start to notice, and I really think he's going to be the impactful guy for the Chiefs. Now, on the Niners side, I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. Now, he's a rookie, first year, first time on the big stage, you know, but I really think if he can get after Patrick Mahomes and they can apply pressure, only bringing, you know, a four-man rush, a five-man rush, and he, you know, gets two three, two or three sacks, I genuinely think the Niners are going to win. Uh, the Chiefs' offensive line has to block for him, and they've got to slow down this rush, and I think it's all headed by Nick Bosa, and I think he's going to have a big impact on this game. Talking to Tyler Fessler, Woo's media talent, and uh, one of our best college football analysts. This guy knows football. All right, let's go on to the coaching edge. Who are you going to take? Are you going to take the youngster with Shanahan, or are you going to go Andy Reid? I want to I want to go with Andy Reid, and there's a, there's a lot of reasons for this, but number one is Patrick Mahomes, and. Uh, Tyler, are you like a like a Marvel fan? Do you like watching the Avengers? Uh, you know how I don't really get uh, too many movies these days. So no, I'm not the biggest Marvel fan. But go on with your analogy. Let's see if I can follow you. Uh, okay, well, 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 for for our Avenger fans and the Marvel fans out there, there's a there's a scene in the first Avengers movie where Iron Man is talking to Loki, and uh, Loki says to Iron Man, "Look, buddy, I've got an army." And uh, I kind of think of that as, as Shanahan. Look, buddy, I've got a defense. And then Tony Stark, Iron Man, right, says back to, to Loki, <laughs> I have a Hulk. But in this case, I have a Mahomes. No matter what you bring at him, you're going to have Patrick Mahomes. He's amazing. He, he's, an, he's an elite-level talent. 
So in my opinion, I think that giving that edge is just because he has Patrick Mahomes. He's an incredible play caller. Uh, and I think that he's going to design some things that the Niners defense really hasn't been able to see. Uh, I think uh, the Niners defense, they struggle with quarterbacks that are mobile. And so I want to give that to Reed. I think he's going to drop some things. Uh, no, uh, no offense to Shanahan, but you know, last time he was here, uh, he blew a 28 to three lead, which we know was the, the comeback of, of Tom Brady and his greatness. But uh, that's why I'm going, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Reed uh, on the coaching, you know, between the two of them. All right, we're going to talk about prop bets coming up here uh, in just a few minutes on the show. Do you have a favorite prop bet of the Super Bowl? I know it's always kind of wacky with all the different things that you can bet on for the Super Bowl. Uh, I know that you can bet on the, the, the color of the nail polish for the people singing the halftime show. You can uh, bet on how many times Donald Trump's going to tweet, a whole bunch of weird ones. So, Tyler, do you have any favorite prop bets for the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Mahomes will have at least one completion over 70 yards. Love it. I think uh, whether it comes out swinging when they get the ball first, I think it's going to be around after a quarter break or after a halftime break or, or something like that. He's going to go out. And uh, just like what happened with uh, Devontae Adams, with Richard Sherman, I think Tyreek Hill is going to get behind them, and I think they're going to have a, at least 70-yard completion, maybe 75 if they're on the 25. But that's just uh, my my favorite prop bet. Awesome. And I'm not – do you know what it's paying right now, or did you see that as a, one of the fun ones you liked? The oh, I just saw it as one of the fun ones. Okay, I honestly yeah. don't know. Yeah, so, so, I, so, I was just like scrolling through all the all the bets and stuff, and and that was one of my favorite ones. Absolutely, so. yeah. So we'll try and get a price on that by the end of the show. If we don't, folks, go check the prices for yourself. He likes over 70 for the longest pass by Mahomes. That's kind of fun. I could see that. The dude's got the best arm in the history of the league. Well, actually, that's maybe yeah. not true, Tyler. Jamarcus Russell had a really good arm there for a while. <laughs> All right, let's get you out of here on one last question. Again, we're talking to Tyler Fessler. Follow him on Twitter at GetRolling19. Who do you think is going to win this game? Give me your game prediction and give me your score. Okay, I want to be taking the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, a lot of my friends, a lot of uh, my family, my dad is a huge Chiefs fan, so I might be a little slanted in that way. But I genuinely think the Chiefs are going to win. I want to throw out a score 38-35. to Again, uh, the 49ers, they, they struggle with mobile quarterbacks. They struggle with Russell Wilson. I mean, we're one uh, bad penalty away and uh, a mispass, well, a mispass or interference and a, and a delay a game penalty uh, from the Niners being, you know, the three or four seed. And that was against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. I think he's going to dissect this defense. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be fast. It's going to be high scoring. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs again, 38-35. Good stuff, Tyler. He is Tyler Fessler. Follow him on Twitter at GetRolling19. He is going to join the Woos Media family next year as a talent. Stay tuned for news there. Tyler, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, talk to you soon. All right, Tyler Fessler, great stuff there. I always love catching up with him. And I mean, I mean, like I said, that guy knows football. You don't have to be a huge NFL expert to break down the Super Bowl. It's good to get different points of view, different perspectives. And actually, I agree with what, a lot of what he said. The 49ers do struggle with more mobile quarterbacks. I mean, that is one edge we haven't identified yet. Mahomes is going to be able to run a little bit. I mean, the over-under for, I think we just talked about passing yards in, in one play, which I think is kind of a fun prop. 
But what about the over for Mahomes rushing the football? He's going to be running it a lot this game, not on design runs, but a lot of scrambles. So I like what he said there. Also, the experience coaching. Completely agree, as I said earlier. Andy Reid, massive experience here. Uh, we may start to hear the same things over and over with the 28 to three. You know, you can't ignore that. It's the last time Shanahan's been in the Super Bowl. That doesn't necessarily make me love that. You know, if you're saying it and everyone else is saying it, you know, you guys know I don't love that in a handicap, but it's true. The last time Shanahan was here, he was a big reason why that lead was blown. Andy Reid has been here before. It matters. Big games matter. This is certainly a big deal. All right, uh, so let's waste no more time. Get on to Jacob Red. We've talked to him throughout the season. Now, Jacob is an NFL uh, professional better. He's come on throughout the year, like I said, to give different picks here or there. And uh, we're going to see what he thinks about the big matchup. I, I know talking to him off air, he's had just as much trouble with this one as I have. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Pick Management. He is Jacob Reb. Jacob, how are you? Hey, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm not too bad either. We got the Super Bowl coming up here in a few days, and uh, as I was just alluding to, you and I were talking off air, and this has been a weird Super Bowl to handicap. I mean, I keep going back and forth personally. I think I have one edge, and it gets overridden by different stats. So it's a it's a weird game to handicap. It is. So I I honestly sitting here right now, I do not know which way to take. Um, I think for this Super Bowl, I might focus more on on some prop bets. Last year, I was actually doing risk management for a small offshore, and I made the line for the Pats at three and a half, you know, a full half point bigger than everyone else. Um, and for this game, honestly, I think I would do the same thing. If this was just a standard KC versus San Fran game, I would have KC, you know, minus one and a half, two point favorite. I really would. Um, I think I think it's another paper tiger situation. You know, San Fran is good, but you got to look at who they've played throughout the year. Um, it has been stiffer competition for KC. I think they've overcome more during the year. Um, and San Fran, you know, when they were injured, they just kind of wrote it out. You know, if, if one person goes down in that front line, I think it's going to be a really big problem for them. Um, I think, you know, Pat Mahomes is going to be on the move a lot in this game, similar to the, the game last week. You know, he was on the run. But that's the thing about Pat Mahomes. You know, people forget he was a baseball player. You know, first-round draft pick, MLB. Um, and he's going to be able to throw the ball on the move. I don't think that Sam Fran uh, uh, def- defensive line is going to get to him as much as people think. I think they're going to kill him with short well, over-the-middle I'm, I'm passes. Actually, I'm actually glad you went there because I think a big factor in this game is that D-line, and if they I, – I said this earlier in the show. My handicap, because I, I do like – well, and it's the Super Bowl, so we want to give a pick out, and you better believe we're forcing one out of you, Jacob. We're going to make oh, you – Oh, I got, I got well, you. All right, worry. good, all right, good. But, but what I was saying is I, I just think that Kansas City – there, there's more ways for them to win, but when, when you talk about San Francisco's D-line, that's the X factor. And if they can force Mahomes to be uncomfortable, get in his face all game, it may prove to be too much, but you're saying you don't think that's going to be the case. Well, I think it. I think he will be on the move, and I think he will be pressured heavily, but Pat Mahomes is the kind of quarterback that he can overcome those kinds of situations. We've seen it time and time again from him, and I really think that this is just Casey's year. Um, they have put together runs and games. We've seen them come back from a 21 or 24 zip de- deficit in a blink of an eye. Uh, and I don't think Andy Reid's playing around in this game. I think they're going to come out firing. If they get the ball first, they're scoring on the first drive, and they're going to make San Fran play from behind. If you make San Fran play from behind, they're going to have to get away from that run game that's so stout. Uh, and I don't know if we can count on Jimmy G's arm the whole time. 
You know, it's funny. We're kind of approaching this game somewhat similar, and I think that that's the thing that that that. I mean, look, the beautiful thing about talking to different sharps and talking to different pros is a lot of people approach these games differently, right? So it's not just because, you know, you do this for a living, I do this for a living, that we naturally think the same things about game. I mean, I know, Jake, we disagree all the time about games, but I actually, I'm very congruent with your with your process here. If Kansas City can force San Francisco into throwing situations, especially early on, it's going to alter that game plan, not just because of the way football goes and the way that, you know, if you can't run it, you're going to throw it. That's that's just football. But it's because of Kyle Shanahan. And I believe that the stage is a big stage. And if you haven't been there before in the head coaching role, it's just a different animal. And frankly, we have seen him before there in the offensive uh, coordinator role, and things didn't go too well. So I agree. If they stop the run early, force Jimmy Garoppolo and this San Francisco offense to change things up, we could see a panic on the uh, on the sideline for San Francisco. So I actually i am right there with you. you. You have no disagreement with me. Uh, in terms of that. Now, I asked our uh, first interview, Tyler Fessler, this same question, so I want to get your thoughts. The NFC versus the AFC. Would you agree that the NFC is probably stronger this year? How do you think that impacts things in the Super Bowl, though? So I look at it two ways. The NFC is definitely the better offensive uh, conference this year, but the defense from the AFC is what I think is, you know, if you had to look at them just as two individual teams, uh, it would be, you know, a great defense against a great offense. Uh, and I think that those are kind of the X factors. You know, we, we've seen that in previous years, that last year, that horrible game that we all had to sit through, uh, the uh, Patriots versus the Falcons. It was that defense that came through. And while San Francisco has a great defense, I, I just have to stress, you know, they beat the Packers last week. You know, it wasn't the kind of test that Kansas City has faced time and time again. High-powered offense in the Titans, their defense, you know, they, they came through. Uh, same thing last week. You know, they, they kind of feel like they could just kind of snapped out of it after that 24-zip deficit, and they got embarrassed. And I think teams that face conflict on the way to the Super Bowl are better prepared in the Super Bowl. Talking to Jacob Reb. Give him a follow on Twitter, at PickManagement. He's a great professional NFL handicapper. All right, so you mentioned that you had a couple other ways to approach this game. Let's first get your force. I want to force a pick out of you. Kansas City minus one and a half. San Fran plus one and a half. Where are you going to go with the force pick? Uh, I'm going KC. Okay. Uh, The one thing I will say is I really, really, really think this line flips. I think we had some Do you really? Okay. Let, let, b- 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 before you go on, because I'm sorry to cut you off, but before you go no, on, no problem. I want to give you my reason why I think it's not going to flip, and then you can tell me why you think I'm wrong, okay? So sure. I believe it's not going to go past zero because the house doesn't want to put themselves in a spot where they can give themselves up with teasers on both ends. A right. lot of professionals bought that, that six-point teaser from one-and-a-half to seven-and-a-half. I mean, let's face it, that line opened at two-and-a-half. But all right. the way down to one-and-a-half, if you can get that six-point teaser, because it, it depends. Wherever you like to bet, whether it's on certain websites, we always talk about topnotchodds.com, whether you like to go somewhere in person, different places charge different amounts if you're going to buy points. It's always best to take the six points if you can in terms of the teaser. So for all those professionals who got that six-point minus-110 teaser up to seven-and-a-half, 
I think the market is so goddamn terrified of letting it swing to one and a half the other way. That is a dream. You know this, Jacob. That is an investor's dream. If you right. can, if you can tease to have San Fran plus seven and a half and Kansas City plus seven and a half. So for that reason and these weird teaser options, what I think we'll see is if heavy money comes in on San Fran, what I think game day is going to look like is Kansas City minus one plus 130, San Fran plus one minus 160, 165. So that's how I think the market's going to look. They're going to stop at the one and charge a heavy VIG, okay? So because of the market manipulation, I don't think it's going to go past zero. But let everyone know what you were going to, kind of what your thoughts are and why you could see it going to potentially San Francisco being favored. So I spent a lot of years as booking myself, right? Working risk management um, at various places. And I just As we say on the evil side of the counter. Yeah, sure. Uh, (laughs) And- and I just kind of know how the money flows in this kind of situation. The public in this situation, I think, is really going to screw the money up. Uh, I really believe that that West Coast money is going to come in hard for San Francisco. And while the books are you know, going to try and adjust properly, it's going to get to a point where it's going to force their hand. There's too many people on that San Fran side. And just like you said, they're afraid of the teaser, um, you know, that plus – you know, to get to that plus seven on the San Fran side, I, I don't think the books are going to want to give it up when the when the money gets too heavy on it. Uh, I don't know why people aren't believing in KC more. I really don't. Uh, I think there are people are a little blinded by uh, Mozart's performance last week. You know, there's a reason the guys are cut from team seven times. There's a reason for that. There's a reason this line opened at minus two. Uh, those are the just the kind of things. As someone on the other side of the counter has seen, um, and I just kind of—it's just my personal opinion and my feel for how I've been watching the money come in and from what I've been hearing. Uh, and I just think that the public's really going to screw with this line, and I think it's going to be really uh, mis- misrepresenting uh, what the sharps and professional betters are doing. You had a really good point when we were talking about off, or when we were talking off the air, and I want you to let the audience know. And it's actually, it's something that you mentioned being on the other side of the counter. It's something that you may think about being on the other side of the counter. I never think this way, but it's interesting. The money coming in, you mentioned that a lot more people living in San Francisco are just, just have more disposable income. You're going to have a lot more of those, uh, the, the Silicon Valley people, a lot more wealthy people, frankly, in San Francisco, which may impact the uh, game day totals as well. More fans betting on San Fran are more apt to spend more money. Right, so... You know, you saw the money come in on the Rams last year. So that's L.A. money. That's that's movie money, right? That's millions. When you get to San Fran, you're talking about billions. And I really think that's going to be and that's why that's why I really think it's going to screw with the line, Uh, because you're not just going to get that heavy San Fran billionaire money. You're going to get the L.A. money to go with it, too. You're going to get the whole West Coast behind it. But I would say people in San Fran wouldn't take as much as of an interest in an L.A. team. But L.A. people definitely take an interest in any anything to represent their state. And it's just kind of how I see people and how, you know, being on the other side of the counter, you need to be able to read and predict what's going to happen. And the, you know, the 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 social realm, if you will, you need to be able to get into that and see what people are really talking about and how people really think this is going to go. Uh, so that's that's what I think. I think there's just a difference uh, in the kind of better that we're going to see from the public this year. Talking to Jacob Reb, professional NFL handicapper. Follow him on Twitter at Pick Management. All right, you got a couple. Uh, you got any other bets? Any other ways to attack this game? Prop bets, totals. Do you like anything else here? 
Sure. So I will take a shot on eight to one on this game going to overtime. I, uh, I think it's worth some pizza money um, because if this is a, a drag out kind of game um, and Casey doesn't get the lead and it is, you know, keep them off the field, the running the ball, it's going to take a lot of time off the clock. And in that kind of situation, you know, you, you can just see it. if you've watched football, you know, the situation, two minute drill, let's go score it overtime. So I think it's worth a pizza money play. Uh, there's also, you can find at some places, no interception in the first quarter for minus 180. Uh, I would say that's a whale play. Uh, if you can find it, you know, I know the juice is steep on it, but you don't pay the juice if you win. Uh, those are just a couple of the other ones. Uh, I do like KC. Uh, I do like the under. I think it's this total is getting pushed way too high, and it's the same thing. That's why, um, you know, I said the thing about the the money coming in, the public really screwing with it. Uh, you can see how high that opening that that line has been driven for the over under. It's now now it's almost 57, um, and that's just too high for a, a Super Bowl game. Uh, those are the the couple things. If you can find a super teaser like at topnotchodds.com. You can do a four-team super teaser. It's 12 points on either side. So you could get San Fran plus 13, KC plus 11, under 69, and over 45. Great stuff. He is Jacob Reb. Jacob, thanks again. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Good luck this uh, this weekend. Big weekend. Thank you. Cash big. Absolutely. Once again, thanks to Jacob Reb. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Pick Management. He's a very good follow. He has a lot of good content, some free picks sometimes, nothing wrong with free picks every now and, in the, and, uh, and again. So uh, he just does a good job. He's been coming on throughout the year, and we do appreciate that time. And look, we, we agree on a lot of that. If Jimmy G is forced to make plays, this could be a wildly different game. And if the 49ers defensive line, as I said, that was my X factor. If they get to Mahomes and, and force... Kansas City to abandon some kind of game plan, right? That Then that could alter things that way, too. But he thinks it's not going to happen for San Francisco, and he does believe that, uh, you know, Kansas City's going to be able to make Jimmy throw, and I think the same thing as well. So a lot of different factors this game. We are going to take one more quick break. Coming up next, we are going to talk to Ryan Elliott, NFL expert. He's been on a few times this year. Keep it here on The Sharp Angle. All right, guys, special thanks to Skillshare. Now, if you've never tried out Skillshare, I highly recommend it. it, it it's really cool. It's, it, it's like an online... Uh, uh, it's like an online college. I mean, you can go and take any course you want. The only difference between that and, and a normal college is the insane tuitions, the insane fees. You don't have to walk anywhere. You don't have to go to any classes. You know, no enrollments, no dorms, just the learning, just the classes. And it's specified. So if you pay the monthly fee of $15 a month, you can start learning tomorrow about pretty much anything, whether it's photography, cooking, or math. And that's actually one thing that I've used it for. I use Skillshare all the time because, guys, I went to college for radio. I went to college to learn how to, for, for production and voice work, all this different, right, uh, communication, all this different stuff with radio. Only, you know, halfway in my radio career where I started betting sports I realized, oh shit, I'm way behind. I don't know anything for algebra or much less calculus or trigonometry or any of this weird stuff that you need to bet sports, in my opinion, right? So if you guys want to learn how to build sports models, learn the ba the background, the basics of math before you start betting sports, 
check out Skillshare. They're going to have all different kinds of classes in all different kinds of subjects for you to check out. And it's not just that kind of school stuff. Again, photography, cooking, uh, sports, anything you want you can find on Skillshare.com. Check them out today, Skillshare.com. All right, wrapping things up on the Super Bowl special. Now joining us in studio, unexpectedly in studio. So obviously, the the reason why I like doing podcasts, as many of, of you know, I come from a radio background where it's very... Uh, on the point. It's very much like TV. You have to hit your outs. You have to hit your ins. You know, it's all the atomical clock. If you're off by five seconds late on the intro, everyone's just going to sit there and wait for five seconds. Here, we can kind of edit and do certain things. I was just doing the last commercial break, and uh, we're, we're actually recording today. I have a couple studios set up in the area. This one's in my house, so it's kind of great. My dog starts going crazy. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? Ryan Elliott is here, who, who's, uh, again, we gave him a bit of an intro before this, NFL expert. He's been on multiple times this season. Uh, he, he, I thought you were going to be over the phone. He shows up. He's in studio. This is fantastic. Ryan, 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 yes! Welcome to the studio. Thank you, man. I, ha- I had to make an appearance in studio this for, is great. for such a big stage. You know? <laughs> yeah, so because we had talked about you coming on via phone, yep. and then we rearranged this later later kind of time. And so I'm glad you made it in, made it to, to the studio and, yeah. and you're finally here. You haven't been in in quite a while. It's so. been a while. I, You know what? I, I got to put it out there. I think a lot of people thought I went into hiding yeah. because you Hibernation were, you were dominating it. me yes. in our in our yes. head-to-head picks. Yes. So that was not the case. Life gets busy, but you I'm sure? here in studio. <laughs> Whoa, and, uh, I am on fire. That was me there for a while this season. <laughs> you ever seen yeah, Ve- you were, man. You ever seen Vegas Vacation? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, that that I, dealer. Fantastic. Changing yep. 500. <laughs> I'm going to Vegas tomorrow. I leave Ooh. tomorrow. Exactly. We already got the podcast on for... Uh, the next couple of days. But of course, this is the Super Bowl special. And up to this point, we've had a lot of different inputs, a lot of different opinions about what will happen. And I want to, I kind of want to see where you land. Now, we're going to save a lot of this time for prop bets and the propositions, how to approach this game from different angles. But let's get your overall take. And, and the one question that I've asked both Tyler and Jacob so far, I want to get your, your answer here. The NFC and AFC, clearly different conferences this season. A lot of people would agree the NFC was the stronger conference. How does that change things, if at all, in your mind for the Super Bowl? Is it tougher coming from the NFC because of the tougher conference, or does San Francisco have the upper hand because of the strength of the schedule? No, I, I don't believe so, actually, and, and I wanted to get into that because I don't think, you know, San Francisco, we know what their defense is capable of doing, but they have not faced... Uh, an offense as explosive as this Kansas City Chiefs offense. The only offense that I can think of is, is the Seattle Seahawks, where they did struggle on the outsides with those big receivers. And, and you know, Kansas City's coming in this game. They got some fast guys on the sides. It's going to be a difficult matchup for them, I think. Why don't you get in closer to that mic? I know yeah. it's I know it's been a little <laughs> been bit since you've been here. Uh, I don't know for uh, anyone out there who's seen the Soft Talker Seinfeld episode. Have you seen that one? Yeah, that's yeah. one of the best ones. That's the same one with the uh, the pirate shirt, where she asks him to wear the puffy episode. shirt. The yeah, puffy shirt. The puffy shirt. Yeah. And she's going. Can you wear the? And they keep nodding. He doesn't oh, know what he's. Sure, yeah, exactly. Sure, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, pull that bike in a little bit. Let's yeah, make sure okay. the audience knows what you're going for. But uh, so. Do you have uh, a side here? Do you have what? What are you thinking? Both for the uh, 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 spread, mm-hmm. one and a half Kansas City, yep. and the over under. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking uh, with the spread here. If I had to make a lean, I, I would lean to Kansas City here, and I think 
Reason being, it's just this offense is is what we know at, wh- what we know they are. You know, they, yeah. this they are so good, so explosive. But what's what's different about this Kansas City team is their defense actually has been good throughout the season, especially in the in the passing game, um, where they're going to struggle is is most likely the run game however we saw them last uh two weeks ago against tennessee and they bottled up derrick henry so if they can have that same effect against the san francisco run oh they're they're definitely leaning towards kansas city there to me this game comes down to two factors you just mentioned one can kansas city stop san francisco's rushing attack because if they force jimmy garoppolo to throw the football put it on his shoulders it's going to be trouble but the other x factor is San Francisco has the best defensive line in terms of the front four, maybe in the NFL. Now, that's arguable, okay? But I don't think many people would say they're outside the top five. Yeah, okay? well, especially so, this this year, certainly. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, another one of our uh, Woos Media employees actually sent this stat over to me, if I can pull it up real quick. The last five teams to have 55 sacks or more in the regular season have gone on to win the Super Bowl. San Francisco fits that bill this year now here's why that's important is that stat obviously if you're bringing pressure if you're that you're, you're going to get sacks but more times than not almost every time you look back in history teams who get this many sacks are doing it primarily with their front four they're going to have occasional sacks from linebackers safeties cornerbacks whatever on, on exotic blitzes but more times than not it's their front four pressuring remember the giants when they played the patriots uh the second time eli beat uh uh, a Tom Brady. Yep, yep. A lot of that was that defensive line getting to Tom Brady so they didn't have to blitz yeah, anybody. JPP. It just mm-hmm. becomes a different game. So if San Francisco is able to get to Mahomes and not flush him out and have him do these you know, Mahomes plays, but actually pressure him, get in his face... My whole handicap, because I agree with you, I'm on KC, mm-hmm. my whole handicap could be out the window. To me, that's the main X factor is those four guys with Sam, with those gold helmets. Yep. That's going to be the main factor in the game. I, I think that's huge, too. And to counter that, though, Kansas City, what they are going to do, I think there's, a like I said, a lot of speed on the outsides here with these Chiefs wide receivers. So there's going to be a lot of focus in the secondary on those guys. What, what Kansas City is going to have to do is use their use their stud, Travis Kelsey. And we saw I, – I went through um, San Francisco's game. When they play a, a team with that, you know, that flex tight end type, yeah. you know, i.e. Jimmy Graham last, last uh, two weeks ago, four receptions, 59 yards, decent game, one touchdown. Uh, against Tyler Higby, um, the uh, Rams tight oh, end, yeah. Oh, yeah. Their, their last game against him, he had nine catches, 104 yards. So if they if they are too concerned about the outside, Travis Kelsey is going to have a monster game. Good point there. Uh, yeah. The defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, you, you like that guy, fired Robert up, Salah. Uh, he makes me want to get on the field. I love his I love his energy. He, he looks like the long lost brother of uh, James Franklin, you know, the head coach <laughs> yeah. of Penn State. Yeah, yeah. I will get. I will say this, Robert Salah. Even though I have him his team losing this weekend. Most aerodynamic coach in, in in the NFL. You like that? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Hey, James Franklin has the same award in college football. These guys, yeah. these guys are uh, slick out there. Yeah. So, um, no, look, there's so many different ways to dissect this. Um, but 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 like you said, you know, if you approach it from the minus one and a half, uh, you don't you don't love anything. You're just I don't. I think honestly, I mean, this this is such a tight market in general, and this game specifically, this is definitely right there around that that fifty five fifty percent mark of. W- what do you think about the over/under? As I currently see, uh, fifty-four and a half is where I see the over/under. 
What do you think about the yeah, over? Yeah, yeah. It you know, it, it went up from the open about, and a half. about th- yeah, three Woo! or four points. Yeah. yeah. And uh I definitely I could see that happening. Um it, we'll, we'll see, you know. Let, let, my, let, let me tell you where I start, because it seems yeah. like you're struggling with yeah. this. And I think that may be a way of you trying to express what <laughs> how I feel about this, okay? I, I see this game being so volatile. Yes. That yes. you can't bet the over-under. I could see this game being so many points scored, or because here, here's, here's the juxtaposition, okay? These teams are both clearly offensively gifted, okay? Both offensive-minded uh, head coaches, they're probably going to get their points more times than not, okay? It's about the defense. So we can expect points, but it's the Super Bowl. And one thing we've come to expect in the Super Bowl is slow starts. I mean, I saw a great interview. I already mentioned this on the pod, but to repeat myself, a great interview on uh, Colin Coward's show on Fox Sports earlier this week with Andrew Whitworth, an old uh, 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 tackle, left tackle. He says he doesn't remember the entire first quarter 100%. of the Super Bowl. These guys are nervous. They've never been there before. It's one thing to play on Monday Night Football. It's a completely different thing to play in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So, so a lot of these guys... So you combine the fact with Super Bowl, nerves, slow start, and then Andy Reid, Shanahan, high-power offense. I don't want any part of the over-under, you know? So, yeah. so I'm staying away from that. And actually, one, one uh, 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 kind of an investment tip I gave earlier is if you're going to play a teaser... You can do a cross-sport teaser, basketball four points, football six points. I think that's actually really good in this situation because if I'm going to take a tease, I'm not going to do the total with the side, okay? I'm just going to take one of the teams, but it would be great to put it with a basketball team so you're sitting there Super Bowl Sunday with a minus 110 bet. And here's the thing. If you like San Francisco and you can get them, tease them up from one and a half to seven and a half. That six-point teaser is so important. Mm -hmm. Six and a half is where they start fucking you over with the VIG and they're charging extra. It doesn't matter where you play. So if you can get that one and a half to seven and a half, okay? Now, we talked to Jacob Reb, who has worked on the other side of the counter, and he says the way the money comes in, he could see this thing swinging past zero. And if it does, Ryan, the books are going to be screwed because all Both those sides. pros, exactly, yeah. you you now have a teaser on each side with seven and a half. That is an investor's dream, oh, isn't man. it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so what do you think about relax. a cross sport? Pick some yeah. some some, NF, some NBA games, some college games, Friday, Saturday, and pair it with the Super Bowl. Yeah. So you're sitting there with a 110 bet on Sunday and you know where to go. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into some prop bets here. I have 19 prop bets that I have played so far. <laughs> this, this is where you can make money. <laughs> In the Super Bowl, really. Exactly. <laughs> but it's not, folks, it's not all bets in terms of yards and things like that. Now, the one bet that I don't have placed is actually where I want to start. Patrick Mahomes, over 35 and a half rushing yards, minus 120. I will take the over for two reasons. First reason, he's been running the last couple games, okay? So it, it, I'll give you three reasons. First, he's been running recently, okay? So it's a trend. Second of all, in big games, quarterbacks tend to run. And third, I think he's going to get flushed out of the pocket. So he's going to be forced to be moving maybe more than the game plan will call for. So because those three reasons, I will take the over at minus 120 on Patrick Mahomes rushing yards. I like that. I like that a lot, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was looking into some player props as well. And like I had mentioned, you know, 
I, I really think Travis Kelsey could have a big game. I think the Chiefs really want to utilize him, and I don't think San Francisco can, can contain all the weapons that the Chiefs have, and I think Travis Kelsey will benefit from that. However, I looked into the line, and it, it, they just priced it way too high. But here's the thing, and, and so here's how, we, here's how we attack it, okay? If you like Travis Kelsey props like Ryan does right now, Let's not look Travis Kelsey yards over under, okay? Because that's what everyone else is going to bet. That's where all the tax is going to be. That's where they're going to screw you over. What you want is the weird, obscure bets like this. What's going to be higher, Travis Kelsey's yardage total or the Yankees' 1977 home run total, right? Right, right. It's weird things like that that you can find on different websites. So don't play the typical Travis Kelsey over-under. Look for these different exotic bets. That Because here's the thing. Is whether it's the, and I just made that up on the top of my head, right? But the 1977 Yankees' home run total, or I saw Lou Gehrig's total home runs in his career, there's a, there's a number for that. That's just a different way of disguising the number of 117 or whatever the number is. So these are all different ways of reading different numbers. So don't let the books trick you when they say, what's going to be higher, Bubba Watson's birdies total or the punts in the game? Guys, that just boils down to a simple number. Look at how many birdies Bubba Watson has over his last 15 tournaments and average them out. That's as easy as that is. It's a simple number. So for Travis Kelsey props, find a couple. What's going to be higher? Donald Trump tweets or Travis Kelsey catches? Things like that, guys. Now, Donnie's been no, tweeting he's up lately. There. Yeah, I, so, maybe we don't want that. <laughs> so maybe we don't want that one. But the point is... Don't do the straight standard bet in the Super Bowl when they're going to give you all these options. Take advantage of all the options. And that is actually why I have so many prop bets. It's because there's so many options out there. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, let's start with uh, one that I actually really like. It's will the Fox broadcast mention the point spread or the total? Right now, the yes is plus 155, the no minus 130. Okay. And I like yes. I think they will. I think, I think it's becoming more mainstream. It's more mainstream. And, and if you look at, you know, Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman, you know, it, Joe likes to try. Everyone bashes on Joe Buck, but he, he's up with the trends and, and he wants to be hip. And, and I, I Why don't do you think people it. bash on Joe Buck? I, I just think, uh, honestly, it's just because he says some, some crazy things sometimes. But here's the that's thing. That's it, though. Can, I don't I think he's. He understands I find the myself games. often defending these guys yeah. because. I've been in radio. Brock, yeah. I've been mm-hmm. on podcasts. I know what it's like to not necessarily, quote-unquote, be in the spotlight because I'm not as famous as these guys, but I know what it's like to be critiqued on your work. And when I had a radio show, I did the afternoon drive, 1310 KFKA in Greeley, Colorado. You know what it's like just talking for two hours a day? You're going to occasionally say some weird things. So, you know, and if people, especially on radio, we have the benefit now on podcasts. If I let something slip, we'll just stop and record it and re-record on radio. Someone listening in Longmont, Colorado, could just record it and then have you know, it, yeah, it never goes away. Exactly, and it's on the podcast, and so all that stuff. So you learn that you know everyone say, who says, "Oh, I don't like this guy" or oh, so and so forth. I like to ask why that is because when you dive in often, it's like, well. Yeah, but I, I you know I I stand up for these guys a lot, Ryan. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, <laughs> you're you're poking the bear over here. I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do like I do like the yes there. But 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 that's the thing. It is with Joe Buck. Yeah. It, it is. I I do have a tendency to stand up for these guys more often than not. But I just don't like like I hear the same thing with Chris Collinsworth. Yeah. I, but but Ryan, 
I feel like anyone who spends, you know, it's like a, it's like a breaking point. If you're on TV for that amount of time, 40% of the people are di- going to dislike right. you. There's a reason why no president in the history of the United States has left the office with an approval rating above 60%. Right. Right? I know Democrats, Republicans are a certain thing, but people just see things differently. I mean, people are going to observe things differently. And, I mean, I, lo- I watched Joe Book. I never once ever think, oh, this idiot. What are you talking <laughs> about? I think he does a great job. He's professional. He tries to do You know, and like he's never sitting there being a fanboy or cheering. Yeah. You know, it's it, hard to do. Folks, hard to do. turn the volume down and try and call a game yourself to your dog, and you'll realize how <laughs> difficult it is. Your dog will probably leave the room. And you'll give these guys a break. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what other prop? Hey, let, let's, uh... Ryan, 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 yeah! You like the stash? Dude, the stash is nice. I'm growing it That's the Vegas. Super Bowl stash. It's my yeah. SBS. SBS. It's good. It, it's kind of like a Fu Manchu. <laughs> well, you know what they say. You have a fine, vigorous mustache. You clearly come from superior stock. (laughs) What else you got here? (laughs) Yeah, so I was looking at this one last night, and it was was how many times will the Patriots 28-3 comeback be mentioned? Uh, Last night when I was looking, the yes... Or the oh sorry the over which was zero point five so all it has to be mentioned one time sure. was at minus one fifty and I I actually really like that I looked at it this morning and it's up to minus one seventy five if you can get early on these lines it's these huge. movers yeah let me give you one that I got on yeah. that moved substantially will the winning team visit the White House oh yeah I got that at minus one fifty you want to know what it is now what is it minus four hundred wow. Yeah. Wow. You jump on these early. I made that. Let's see. Let's type it in real quick here. White House. I made that January 23rd at 1015 Eastern. Wow. Almost so, a week ago. Almost a week ago, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was minus 150. It's up to minus 400. Here's that's the thing. crazy. The, the, the key is one player has to go. Yep. Oh, that's... The one person's going to go to the White yeah, House? Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And, and, and my, you know, Connor, our, our mutual friend, yeah. it's awful for everyone else listening out there. Sorry, everyone. But yeah, our, our mutual friend gave us that that uh, that, that bet. I was nice. like, I'm into it. Let's make Take it. it. So, there you go. What yeah. else you got, Ryan? I got a whole bunch you got a, more Yeah, I know. Here. You got a bunch. Um, I like, uh, how many times will Alex Rodriguez be shown during halftime? Uh, it's set at- Why A-Rod? Who's he married to? He's married to J-Lo. Is she performing? She's performing halftime show. You know, they have bet, you know they have a bet on the nip slip, right? I saw that. It, it was like, like 25 to 1 yeah. or something like that. Uh, okay, it's gone down a little. <laughs> <laughs> I was Well, I, you know what? That was, my, that was the first thing I thought of, obviously, when I heard Shakira I mean, and I personally always going. like to show a little nip. Yeah. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> there definitely well could be a, a malfunction. Style thing yeah. um, so, so here are the over uh, plus 150, and, and I like that. I think that. You know, I it could just be in my head, but I I've seen some J Lo performances recently, and, and of Alex Rodriguez is there, and they pan to him. All right, hold on, dude. I'm not kidding. So you think what's so it's plus one fifty minus plus one fifty. So the other side's like minus one twenty or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So if if A Rod is there, he would have to be in a visible area. Yeah. Is he going to be dancing with everyone else in the first row? No, I don't think. That, oh, you just pan Ryan, to him, Ryan. Dude. Okay, okay. I'm not going to do this for every prop bet. You just don't get it, do you? This guy, <laughs> Ryan, Alex Rodriguez, is going to be in a suite behind. Pre- you don't think they pan to that? No. Oh. No, no, no. 
No? I'll take I'll put five bucks on it with you. Let's well, do well, it. what's the odds here? I'll get I'll give well, you the odds. Uh, yeah, you're uh, getting I'll plus money. Back right? up. Yeah, I'm getting plus money. It's like well, plus one fifty five. Here, how about minus let's, 200. let's do two to one. Let's do two to one. Okay. Ten I'll give you ten if they show them. Okay. You give me five, five. if they don't. Deal. Deal. I like mm-hmm. that one, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. They're not going to show him. He's going to be on either. He's going to be at home. I hope they show him. He's, why, the f- why would he go <laughs> to the Super Bowl? Hey, J-Lo, you're going why to the Super Bowl? Why would he go to the Super Bowl? Can I go? Because he tags along no, everywhere. No, it's Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. Dude, he's, he's there. Where I'm trying to think what I last saw J-Lo doing. The he Super Bowl was there is beneath thing. A-Rod. He has a dog show to be at. <laughs> Well, all right. Let me give you a couple that I have before. Yeah, we let's, let's hear some more. All right. So, uh, Miami. The temperature in Miami oh. at the time of kickoff. I have now. Do you have a? Uh, should I pull it up real quick? Can you get your phone? I, get, I got it. Yeah. Well, let, let's do Weather Channel Miami forecast. Okay. For the next week, and I want you to see what they're forecasting for Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. okay. What I have right now, the over under when I made this bet, January twenty seventh. We'll check and get an updated line for you. Over under 71 degrees, minus 110. Folks, if it were to be 71 degrees, you go back and look the last 20 years in Miami, there have only been three days that have been colder than 71 at in the, in the afternoon, so at the peak. We're looking at the peak hotness in the afternoon. That means if you trend this out like we always trend out sports bets, this is 3 and 17 or... 17 and 3, depending on how you want to look at it, over under 71 degrees in Miami on February uh, 2nd. Okay. Ryan, okay. what what is interesting, it projecting? Interesting. Okay. Uh it's actually in this 5-day stretch, it is the lowest temp day. Okay. At 72 is the high. Okay, but here's the here's here's my point. Yeah. Is it's high 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 high? What well, let's so, let's so, get so let's run through it. Let's run yeah. through it. Today it was 79. Today let, let them know when we're today, recording. Today Wednesday uh, the 29th. The 29th, thank you, is 79 degrees. Tomorrow, the 30th, 79. January 31st, Friday, 79. Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl, February 1st, 77 degrees. Okay. And then so Super Bowl Sunday, to 72. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Here's Here, if anything, okay? And now, any meteorologists out there, my Twitter is at <laughs> Tyler Walgy. Let me know if I'm full of shit. I got a guy. You got, I'll, tweet <laughs> it. I'll tweet him out. He's got a guy. Of course he's got a guy. <laughs> here's, here's my thing. If You ever, you ever work in a restaurant? Okay, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. It's, it's my, yes, yeah, my first, okay. yeah. You know heat lamps, how you put the food under the heat lamps? Yeah. It keeps it hot for a temper. Okay, that is how I think the sun is going to work, okay, on the earth. Okay, now we're getting scientific here, okay? <laughs> the heat lamp is just going to be heating that thing up. It's going to be hot, hot, hot. Miami's going to be almost 80 every single day. So if they're looking at 72 being the high and they're kicking off, Right around what what time? It, it'll be six. It'll be six thirty. Uh, uh, Miami in Miami. Six thirty. Uh, six thirty Eastern. Oh, Ryan. Yeah. So right, we're looking at the sun's kind of setting. It's it, I, it's getting a little bit. Uh, is that is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I'm so I'm just looking. So for tomorrow, Thursday, January thirtieth, like I mentioned, high of uh, seventy nine, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm looking at the hourly uh, projections. So 6 p.m. they're projecting 74 degrees, with a high of 79. Oh, Ryan, I tell you what, <laughs> I tell you what, it, it'll be close, man. I know. Well, so I got over 71. <laughs> there. Weather changes though. Okay, all right, it does. All right, so let's move on. Longest field goal over 46 and a half yards is paying plus money, plus 105. Okay, here's my thing. Both offenses will create opportunities to get themselves 
at least close to the red zone, okay? Mm-hmm. Not in the red zone, but close. I really trust both San Francisco and Kansas City to move it within the 20s. Once we get mm-hmm. in the 20s, not so sure, okay? 46 and a half yards implies that it's a so you take 10 yards away so it's a 47 yard field goal so you're you're uh, 37 yards so you're hiking the yep. ball from what so it, 10 yards it, well you just said 37 right yeah so it's the third well, well it's so, 37 taking away the uh oh cuz you you're at the the end zone and then it's 7 yards for the snap so it's only the 30 yard line okay. right yeah. Yeah. so you're at the 30 you snap it back 7 yards right and that's a 37 yep. and now you're kicking a 47 yard field goal if each if either team Kicks a field goal from the 30-yard line or back. We win this bet at plus money. Now, nor, he, he, here's why I think it's a good bet. Yeah. I think the market priced this bet like any other Super Bowl. This is a typical line. I understand this seems right. But for the 49ers and Chiefs, who will maximize their chances, not run on second and eight, not get in these spots where they're constantly pawning defensive game, this is going to be a, an offensive battle. For that reason, I think any plus money at over field goal over, or excuse me, field goal over the longest field goal of the game, over 46 and a half, I think is very valuable. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. You're on my page? I, I am, yep. Okay, good. I'm with you there. Let's keep moving on. Uh, uh, first team to call a timeout, San Francisco. Only reason here is Andy Reid has been here before as a head coach. Yeah. Everyone says, well, Tyler, Kyle Shanahan's been there before. He was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. Folks, you ever run a company and been the uh, assistant CEO? You ever been the head coach and not? You ever been in charge of a project and been the coordinator on a project? It, it's not the same thing. Way I promise you. And that's equivalent with Jimmy G. Oh, Jimmy G's been here before behind Tom Brady. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> Never has Jimmy G been in a spot where he knew he was going to be taking the opening snap after the kickoff. It's different for Shanahan. It's different for Jimmy G. For that reason, I think minus 110. If they're charging 120 on each side, I'm not going to bet it. But 110 on each side, look, if it's a coin flip, I'll take the less experienced coach to panic early timeout, especially first half. Who cares about first half timeouts, right? right? First half timeouts, get it out of the way, guys. Let's settle down. And in your mind, you're a parent. You know this. Sometimes... You say, okay, hang on, guys, let's settle down. Not when the kids need to settle down, but when you yeah, need right. to settle down. Mm-hmm. I could see Gather some of that yourself. From, exactly. Sure. I could see some of that coming okay. from Shanahan. Okay. First play of the game, rush at minus one fifty. Oh, you Here, do. Here's because why. You here's think San, you think San Francisco no. will get the ball? No, not necessarily. Let's hear it. It's about the price compared to what's going to happen. If San Francisco gets the ball, I think this should be minus fucking two fifty. Oh, easily. I think this should be a easily. massive game. If Kansas City gets the ball, why do they want to start off throwing? Kansas City has run the ball first 14 out of 16 games this regular season. Okay. Did you realize that? I did not realize that. Okay. Most teams, Ryan, want to get out and just take a deep breath. Not one coach in the NFL wants to come out, throw a football, interception after the first play. Let's settle down. Football's a sport where before the game, everybody's so goddamn ramped up. We got to kind of do something to settle these guys down, especially... In the Super Bowl. You don't think Kyle Shanahan play action? No, I don't. No. no, no. I think first play. But here's the thing. Do I think? I think at the price of minus 150, it's worth it. Do I Would I bet that? Do I think Ryan Sh- or Kyle Shanahan's absolutely going to do anything? No, I don't know. He may come out and do a play action. But are you asking me if he does it 30% of the time or less? I think yes. Therefore, we make the bet. It's not about, remember, will this happen? It's about, will this happen compared to the, to the price they're charging? So... 
I think first play of the game being a rush, uh, minus 150 is a good prop. Uh, I want to stay on that real quick. Yeah, yeah. I just want to I just want to throw this out. So, sure. uh, Wager Talk does um, had this had this cool 10 year. They went back and did some props and had a 10 year run on everything. So they had run pass first play of the game. Okay. So last year, uh, Rams Patriots run. Year before Philly New England pass, New England Atlanta pass, Denver Carolina pass. Uh, well, Denver, England, Carolina Seattle was pass. a snap over Peyton Manning's head, so they don't know it was a pass. Remember, oh. first play of the game, it snapped it over Peyton Manning's head. It was, no, that was Seattle, Denver. Oh, sorry, Seattle, sorry Denver. about that. Yeah, Seattle, sorry Denver. about that. Yep. Uh, New England, Seattle pass, and then you're right. Uh, oh, so they didn't, yeah, they marked it as, I don't know what SAF is. Snap above. I think it stands for SAF. SAF. <laughs> I don't <laughs> fucking know. Yeah, snap. Pass, run. It's basically, basically 50%, right, is what I'm seeing. But so, but, Ryan, but it is team based. Ryan, I get that. I get that. I was just no, 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 no. That's not what I'm going, Ryan. <laughs> the one thing I think the the two words that I say the most every day, every week, every month, the two words that are clustered together the most. You know what I'm going to go here or not? No, I don't. Sample size. Yeah, those are the two words I always say so much, so much, so much. You know the reason is because all these Twitter hacks who go eight and two and go, hey, buy my package. You know what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to start having Layla, my dog, pick games. Because guess what, folks? I've seen that. <laughs> fill, fill up a tennis bag with 55 green tennis balls, 45 red tennis balls, because that's what pros go. Pick 10 out at a time. You're going to get some 8 and 2s. You're going to get some 2 and 8s. Every time my dog goes 8 and 2, I'm going to post on Twitter, Hey, everyone, here's my Venmo. My dog's on an 8 and 2 run. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, yeah, man. It is. It is. Oh, good God. All right. Uh, you want me to go or you want to go here? Uh, I got, we, I got we one. Take, yeah, I got go. one. Um. Bitcoin price, uh, will oh. will it during the Super Bowl? Let's get what it is right now. Let's get an accurate. It, it's right been now. going up this week. So as we sit and, and we're recording later, this is eight forty seven p. And, and I may have given a time earlier on the show. We have been recording this Super Bowl special throughout <laughs> the day of Wednesday. So we are up to eight forty seven on. Oh my god, Bitcoin's risen. Holy I know. Shit. I know. Nine thousand. Yeah. Uh, around five, yeah. yeah. So nine thousand two hundred sixty-six eighteen. What what what's the uh, price for? Uh, so so to be so it's during the during the span of the Super Bowl. So, oh. so when kickoff to the end of game, it, it See, will it go I would up? Have to, will I would it be have more? to. Here's the thing: is if it were the stock market, I would be better at this because I play the stock market. Yeah, yeah. all the time. That's why I brought this in because it's a, I But the thing about Bitcoin is the Bitcoin is an international market. Therefore, you can't often predict certain little tells. Let me give you an example. When the United States is doing trade negotiations with China, a lot of people get on edge. They get nervous. They don't know what the future is going to be because it's the American economy. Therefore, the American stock market will suffer less investing in the American stock market because there's less, less faith in the American stock market. People don't want to invest. People take their money out. Therefore, the, Amer the American stock market will inevitably crash. The thing about, or not crash necessarily, but dip. The thing about the Bitcoin or Bitcoin in general, is it is an international market. So any weird thing going on in Ukraine that everyone around Ukraine, so in Russia, in Southeast Asia, and they're kind of learning, that could impact the market. And so just because it's on Super Bowl Sunday, we as Americans want to say, 
well, you know, look at the market, everything's pretty dead, maybe it'll rise, but there's so many external factors because it's an, it's an international market that to me that's not bettable. Unless you have a good grasp of what's going on internationally with, with, with economics and frankly politics as well because politics, as we know, changes the market just as much as anything else. Sure. I mean, I mean, the fires in Australia change yeah. things. Yeah. The UK Brexit changes things. Everything changes prices. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Yeah. Great point, yeah. Ryan, mm-hmm. is changing the stock market. So everything changes. it. So based on the volatility of markets in general and the fact that Bitcoin is international, I say pass. Good Good point on the, on the international. I didn't think of that. What I first thought of when, when I saw this was people investing into it to get their money into offshore books. So I, I and I thought, oh, that's kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah. So but, that's well, what I thought. Let's so explain. Was, let's explain to those yeah. who don't know uh, to buy into a lot of these websites we talk about, just like TopNotchOdds.com. We love TopNotch. Uh, we we highly recommend adding TopNotch odds to your repertoire. And here's the thing: when you go to TopNotchOdds.com, Ryan, keep yep. going. Yeah, yeah. When you go to TopNotch Odds, uh, deposit. You can uh, either do it via credit card or or Bitcoin. So you purchase your Bitcoin and you just deposit it through Bitcoin exactly. and get your money that way. I highly recommend the Coinbase app. Just go to any app store, whether it's iPhone, Google, it's called Coinbase. What you can do from this app is buy and sell Bitcoin. So it's very simple. Just go to Coinbase. You're going to buy Bitcoin. Let's say you want to put in 500 bucks to a uh, uh, to top-notch odds. Go to Bitcoin, buy $500 in Bitcoin, Okay. And then you go to Top Notch Odds and deposit that Bitcoin into Top Notch Odds. It's just going to, it seems, I know for those listening, go, <laughs> it seems more complicated, but really, once you get the hang of it, it's not. And the money transfers. If you want to get your money back quickly, that's the easiest way to do it. Absolutely. And, and I know right now, when I'm waiting on thousands of dollars, every transfer, every deposit, I don't like the, I like peace of mind. I don't want to go all day, 24 hours thinking, Am I going to get paid this month? It's nice to know it's coming immediately. That's what Bitcoin does. That's what Ryan was alluding to. Yeah. So, so when Ryan says on Super Bowl Sunday, it's going to go up, what that is assuming is that everyone's going to get on their Coinbase accounts on Sunday morning and go, oh boy, here we go, Super Bowl Sunday. Well, let's get a bet down. They're going to buy Bitcoin. They're going to invest the Bitcoin in their uh, whatever uh, sports book they have, and they're going to make their bets. Ryan... I'm the only way I'm going to push back, yeah, and, and I just wanted do. to explain it yeah. for the audience. I don't think the sports betting community is that big, big enough. Yeah, yeah you're I right. I don't think it's big enough. Well, to as soon as you said international, I was like, yeah, 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 hundred percent. All right, let's get on to next prop bet. First half field goals over one and a half minus one ten. Let me explain why. First half, just like we said earlier, slower starts, more nerves. Okay, now if I'm going to take one side or another for nerves, I'll actually lean defense. To be a little sturdier. If there's a jump ball, knock that ball down. Mm-hmm. Give me the offense to make plays in the second half. So first mm-hmm. half, I trust the offenses to get in field goal position, but the defense to make plays. The over under is one and a half. Give me two field goals in the first half for minus one ten. I like yeah, the value. There. Yeah, one from each team. E- easy. I-, I do like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. Uh, first, uh, let's see. First quarter winning margin. Now, folks, this one approach with caution. Okay, I think. One team or an, uh, now there's a good chance we could be tied. If you tied, you don't win this bet, okay? But I think that either team will be, if they're winning, they're not going to be winning by that much. I expect a close first quarter, okay? After the first quarter, here's what you can do, folks. Right now, each side 
is paying plus 450 or above for their team winning by one to six points after the first quarter. Okay? So here's the bets I have. Plus 475. The 49ers will be winning by one to six after the first quarter. And plus 450. The Kansas City Chiefs will be winning by one to six after the first quarter. What this does is if any team is winning by a touchdown or more, we lose our bets. If any team is, or if they're tied, we lose our bets. But the, in the distribution, in the pattern of distribution, if you look at how first quarters end, there's a lot more first quarters where one team just has that field goal edge or that six point edge. And I love the opportunity of being paid plus 350 on any bet if you win. Now, why did I say 350? Because you just said Tyler was 454.75. Well, folks, if you bet each side, you're going to lose what you ever, whatever you paid for the other side. So if we put, right now, if you put $20 to win 100 on plus 475 on San Francisco and $20 to win 90 on plus 450 for Kansas City, you're still guaranteed to win, but you're going to lose what you bet on the other team. So it's never the max amount, but folks, if you go on each side, you're guaranteed a profit. That's what we always talk about. Ryan, what are your initial thoughts about the each team winning by one to six at the at least plus 450? Uh, I I like that a lot. I think, uh, you know, like we said, slow start, defensive game, uh, field goals will will be, you know, there and we liked our over one and a half first half field goals so I think that's exactly playing right into this first quarter and especially a low scoring game like that Uh, you want to hear one of my favorite ones right now yeah let's hear this is my one of my favorite bets the total amount of times they show Mike Shanahan now earlier I gave you this one because you just don't get it (laughs) a little Dr. Evil I gave you the Dr. Evil because you thought that Alex Alex Rodriguez would be shown Mm -hmm. okay I think that if you look at Mike Shanahan, he's going to be sidelines. I mean, I think A-Rod's going to be sunglasses on the... My, Mikey is going to be right be there. Oh, Mikey's going to be sidelines. I bet he won't be sidelined. He's going to be in the stands? Yeah, he'll be in his... Well, in his f- they'll find him then. As long as he's him. not in a box. If he's in a box, this is questionable. That's okay. where my handicap becomes... Quite, if he's in a box, because boxes are tough, they man. showed him. They showed him two weeks ago. I know he was in did. a box. That's why I loved... Oh, and he was yeah, in a box. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, yeah. so there you go. So even if he's in a... Obviously, that counts, yeah, that, but I discount it. I go, because yeah. I think if you're up there in the box, they're not going to... That's not good TV, right? When Shakira's... Or what's... what's uh, J- uh, J-Lo. J-Lo. Mm-hmm. When J-Lo's on at halftime... If the, if A Rod has a good shot, they might show him. They might. But if okay. it's a glare and it's a weird, you know, they're not going to want that. And if you're in a, a, a in a box with a screen, there's what more than half a chance is going to be a glare, right? We're men of odds, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing here. Is if Mike Shanahan's in some weird spot, maybe not. But if he's prominent, which he might be, over one and a half times they show Mike Shanahan minus one thirty. Okay. Wow, you don't like that as much as I do. I don't. I don't. I don't. Sing. Yeah. Okay. But but maybe I mean. All right, no, it's fine. Hey, dude, you don't have yeah, to. I don't. I don't. These have aren't to. your bets. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah, just yeah. thinking about right, so, it. Thinking uh, out loud. All right, so uh, that you realize the game is being played on Groundhog Day. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so man. here's here's a fun bet. Bill Murray. The total <laughs> mentions of the Super Bowl being played on Groundhog Day. What do you think it pays for the S? It pays plus money. Plus three hundred. No way. Yeah, I have a bet. A pretty good bet. <laughs> 
plus 300 that they will mention it's Groundhog Day. Oh, I think they have to. I do I'm as well. I'm getting in on that. I do as well. <laughs> All right. All right. I say, oh, I love this one. Oh, I love this one. Oh, Ryan, I love this one. I love all these. Man. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cross sport prop. There you go. Okay. The uh, Houston Rockets play the New Orleans Pelicans on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Tip-off time is, I believe, uh, 2 o'clock Eastern. Okay. So it'll be done well before the yeah. Super Bowl. Which will be over-under? Russell Westbrook total points rebounds or assists or the total attempts from Patrick Mahomes. So again, Russell Westbrook points, assists, rebounds or total attempts from Mahomes. I'm going Russell Westbrook and here's why. I like it. Mahomes has only thrown over 35 times once this year. Okay. He's going to get around their high twenties, low thirties. The volatility for that is low. Okay, what we look for when we're betting sports is always volatility. Can we project a narrow outcome? Russell Westbrook is averaging pretty much a triple-double. This guy, as long as he gets 15 points, we're likely to at least come close, right? So that's what the book is saying. Like we talked about earlier, all these different disguise bets are just ways to hide numbers. What this is saying is over-under, 35 points or San Francisco. I'll take... The Russell Wilson scoring, or excuse me, Russell Westbrook scoring over 35 points, uh, rebounds, and assists. Yeah, yeah. Compared to their total? Oh, yep. Yeah. He I'm rebounds, he passes, he does everything. He, he does it all, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go Westbrook, total, PRA against That's the uh, where did you Patrick fi- Where Mahomes. did you find that prop? Betonline.ag. Okay. Actually, all these bets are on betonline.ag okay. that I'm reading. That's where I made all my prop bets. All right, next. Uh, will there be an offensive pass interference? Yes. Plus 150. <laughs> Stop that. Swear no to God. Way. Plus 150. Will there be an offensive pass interference? I have that bet right now. I don't know if that's the current line. I'm sure it's around plus money. It's still plus 130. Oh, plus my gosh. I'd, I'd still bet that. Plus 150. Will there be an offensive pass wow. interference? Yes. Wow. All right, Ryan. Uh, let, me, let me jump in here. Go this, on. This, is yep. a, this, is, <laughs> this one's crazy. All right. I... I so I, when I initially read through this, I just kind of like laughed and, and kept going. Because <laughs> so, Patrick Mahomes' brother, how many TikTok videos will he have on <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday? First of all, I didn't know Patrick Mahomes had a brother. I didn't. Either. <laughs> Does he sound like a? You <laughs> know, I don't honestly. And I and I laughed and I was like TikTok. Are you familiar? I know you're not very hip, Tyler. Uh, with with the trends and, and thanks, what the Ryan. kids are doing. Hey, thanks. Yeah, we got to keep up on my on no, my stepdaughter. I'm not. What is TikTok? TikTok's like this uh, video app, and you basically like lip sing or like do like dancing and stuff. It's super trendy. I'm not I'm not in about it, <laughs> but uh, so so I I just skimmed it and read over it and laughed. And then I'm I'm scrolling through Twitter last night, and all of a sudden I come across. None other than Jonathan Mahomes, or sorry, Jackson <laughs> Jackson Mahomes. Okay, and he had retweeted Bavada's account on this prop what? bet. So I and I look. Shut up! I'm not even joking. What you. I it? had to get down on the over because I think he's like challenge accepted. The over under is five and a half videos. So I, I <laughs> the fact that he retweeted it Stop and is aware it. of this, yes. like I I think that's huge. So is right it now, still available? it is still available. Over is minus one seventy. Last I checked, on wow, yeah. okay, yeah. I like that one, man. <laughs> but nice. uh, yeah, so that was fun. And then I have um, 
Will there be a roughing the passer penalty uh, in the game? Yes, is plus 115. Now, uh, the Chiefs only had one against them, but they did have five for them. And I think with this heavy pass rush from San Francisco against a guy like Mahomes, you might get a flag for, for something. I you like know, it. To the face I like that one, like actually. That. So, I'm, yeah. I'm in agreement. Yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. agreement. All right, moving on. We got to the next. I got an over in the national anthem. Now, Demi Lovato. Proud she of her. has. Uh, Proud of her. She. Long last note. All right, so I got over. I got chills. Yeah, so we got over the two minutes and one second for the over-under. Demi Lovato in in her career. She's sang two times in the last eight years. Before that, they both went well under. The last two times, one minute 58, two minutes 10 seconds. Last time she sang in public, do you know when it was? Last week. What? Yeah. Demi Lovato. Oh, that's right. Holy so, so, shit! So I, I have that Let's written down Ryan too. Let's get Ryan. You know what I was gonna say? Credit my wife. I was gonna say the Mayweather McGregor fight because yeah. she she sang for that two ten. She sang last week. So Ooh. she so she sang. Folks, last do week. your homework. Find out what she sang. And here's why I like the over Ooh, because okay. of this. So we all know her story. Uh, she she uh, overdosed and is getting clean and is making a comeback. And so last week in the Grammys, she performed. And she, you know, it was it was a very emotional for her, and she actually made the uh, pianist stop playing, and, and and restart to to Nuh-uh. better it. And and I just think that she's gonna almost in preparation of the Super Bowl national anthem, and she wants to nail this, and she wants it, I think, to be about her and uh, right. and really show everyone that she's back. And so I really like the over here. Minus one thirty. Interesting. Okay. All right. We're into it. We both like the over <laughs> two minutes and one second, even though it went up from the opening price. All right. Now, uh, my last. Uh, well, I mean, I got a couple more here, but my last one I was going to go over total tweets from Donald Trump <laughs> on uh, Monday or Forty ers points. Okay. Now, I do think the Forty ers could score points. This isn't necessarily a bet against San Francisco. It's more a bet on Donald Trump. Donald Trump. He can't help himself. This guy just tweets, tweets, tweets. My buddy Connor told me his record is like 140 or something like that. It's like in the 100 wow. like plus, like 120, 130, 140. All right. If he has that capability, this is going to be the time where the impeachment's heating up. It's a new, new, new season for a new president. There's a lot going on early February, late January. Remember how we talked about Bitcoin? Yep. You don't, you don't know what's going on around the world? We know what's going on in America during that time. Mm-hmm. It's going to prompt him to push, tweet more, and Michael Bloomberg and other Democrats yep. are going to have uh, ads during the Super Bowl. Yep. So he's going to see these ads and be like, uh, no, and tweet, 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 tweet <laughs> on Monday. Okay. I like okay. more tweets from Donald Trump on 2-3, not on Super Bowl Sunday. It's This is on the Monday. Oh, the following. The following Monday. Mm, I like okay. more tweets from Donnie than points from the 49ers. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. All right, right. Well, what do you, so I just want to stay on that. What do you think then, because I saw his... Tweets on Super Bowl Sunday is set at 13 and a half. Under. Under. I took the, I took the under last year and it cashed. He tweeted like two or, three, two or three times. 
why is he just doesn't want to? I think there's so much less going on. I think that the American because it because people will skip over it and not no, really care. No, or... no. I think that in general, think about America. People take that day off. Even politicians take that day off, right? Okay. This is a day of everyone kind of uh, relaxing, taking a deep breath, not worrying about anything, not paying attention. Super Bowl Sunday is actually one of the most unofficial holidays th- in America. I mean, name one more day that's not on the official holiday calendar that everyone recognizes. Yeah. There, there's not one. And so I think what happens is businesses, people, all kind of go into their cocoons to where Donald Trump knows if he tweets about the economy or Iran or whatever, it's not going to have traction. So I just believe for that reason, just the nature of the Super Bowl and everything else going on, there's nothing to tweet about. That's why I like the over for the next day. The next day, everything picks back up. Everything kind of, you hit the pause button, right? Sunday morning for the Super Bowl. You hit the resume button after the Super Bowl. So that's the Monday after. That's why I like Donnie tweets after. Yeah, I like it. So... You got anything else, Ryan? Or uh, no, no. It's, it should be up? fun. Uh, you know, I'll definitely it, maybe be looking live too to get in on. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs. Li- or well, the here's the thing: and, is that's a great see point. How it goes? Yeah, live betting is going to be key here mm-hmm. because with a spread of one and a half, one score is going to immediately put this past the key number of three. Yeah. So if you want either team, you know, it's risky waiting, but you can probably get plus. You know. Over three, if you just wait for that first score to take place. Yeah, especially if you're teasing, like we mentioned, uh, teasing San Francisco in in one of your teasers, whether it be the NBA right. or, or college basketball, and then they get an early score. Oh, okay, let's let's get the Chiefs, and then and then you're set. Absolutely, yep. Ryan Elliott in studio once again. Last time this season, give everyone your uh, Twitter handle. Twitter handle is Ryan underscore Woos. Ryan underscore Woos. That's Ryan underscore W O O Z E. As in you know, Woos Media. Check us out online, woosmedia.com. More shows coming the next couple months. A lot happening in the next few months. For my NFL listeners, guys, it's been a great season. Thank you for jumping on board. Now, honestly, I know you guys like the NFL, but stay tuned. We're going to have a lot coming up for college basketball, NBA. There's honestly some soccer starting up. So I know some of you guys love, love, love football. But if you like making money, stay tuned. The rest of the day is coming up here on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle, every day on your favorite podcast player.